So Sam tells him to do what he needs to do. So they, he needs to, we get, we're, <laughs> he needs to work out which drugs Sam goes to see Hammond to, oh my God, Sam goes to see Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello? Hello. Uh, I'm not my microphone, sorry. I was going to ask, why do you sound different? <laughs> I'm very far away from it right now, in fact. Hold on. That would do it. I just realized, I'm like, I'll put the headphones in and it'll be fine. I'm like, no, you're not in front of the microphone. <laughs> you actually need to be mi- near the microphone. Indeed. How is this? More normal? More yes. normal. More normal. As normal as yeah. you get. <laughs> How are you today? I'm fine. You know, blah. Yeah, I'm also blah. I'm starting to have your issues with seasonal summer grumpies which i don't normally get but it's just been so hot and so icky yeah it's and i'm spending so much time inside now although i did go out this morning and it helped for a little while but now i'm feeling grumpy yeah, it's again it's been pretty unrelenting it's terrible yeah yeah i normally have a pretty high tolerance for it but it's like extra bad yeah. this year uh it looks saturday looks really nice sorry this is this is oh, not like <laughs> but that, yeah the, the the temperature doesn't look it's going to be super high and also the humidity will be low much lower oh, than nice. it has been that is also nice and hopefully not smoke filled oh. air that actually smells like smoke even though we are on a completely different coast from where all the fires are yeah i hope so the I was uh, I had the opportunity the other night to be on one of the high floors of an apartment building downtown outside on the deck oh, and yeah. the sun was bright red as it mm. was setting it was crazy like this is not normal yeah my mom told me that I should go and take a look at the moon the other night because she said that it was covered in bright red clouds. <laughs> Wait, no. Sorry, that was Jeff. <laughs> I don't know the difference. Jeff told me the other night when I wasn't home, because I was away for the weekend, that I should go out and look at the moon because there were bright red clouds covering it. But unfortunately, where I was, it was behind a bunch of trees, so I couldn't see it. Stupid trees. Dumb nature. Right? God. Seriously. Cut them all down. <laughs> How's it going? Other than that. It's going okay. Um. Yeah, fine. I don't know. I done anything i don't know know. sorry i can't think of anything interesting to talk about i was gonna say do we have something more uplifting to talk about with this episode but not really (laughs) so why don't we go ahead and get into it anyway (laughs) what are we talking about today today? we're talking about stargate sg1 season 2 episode 10 bane oh what you do? I feed in it. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Our opening shot is this uh, city on a planet that's not Earth. And it looks pretty uh, advanced, futuristic. A lot more built up than most of the places that SG-1 tends to visit. There's a lot of water flowing beneath. I'm just trying to set a scene here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. scene. We get a shot of Jack's butt. St- <laughs> and then it pulls, you know, pans up or pulls away and pulls away. <laughs> and Jack is calling it a ghost town. So there are lots of structures and no people, it looks like. A little creepy, since it's a pretty yeah. big city that there's like not even any bodies or anything, just... Just a pretty empty, empty city. Just empty. Daniel thinks by the architecture, the people who did inhabit it might have been of Earth ancestry, so humans. Have, haven't we already established, though, that pretty much all of the human-looking people are of Earth ancestry, hence the whole lore of the Tauri? I, I don't know. Has it been all people? Have we encountered any humanoid aliens? I don't know that it's all people, but I thought it was supposed to be like the yeah. vast majority with maybe like the exception of like the... Jaffa and the Nox, and it's not even so much like I think the Nox are just basically supposed to be humans oh, that evolved a little differently. And we saw that, like, uh, we saw that Hathor can give a person a pouch. So aside from having that gross pouch, I don't know that there is really a biological difference between a Jaffa that doesn't have a hagfish True. in it yet and a human aside yeah. from that patch. So I thought it was yeah. a weird statement, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong though. Then Jack steps in a pile of yellow goo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sam's like, pigeon problem? And Jack's like, I don't see pigeons. That would have to be a fucking yeah. pigeon to <laughs> leave a pile of goo that big. Yeah. And they never really, they actually never do establish what no, that yellow goo don't. is. No, they don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I don't think I do either. So they're basically looking around. They don't think what's happened has anything to do with the ghouls because they are they tend to be much more destructive when they uh, right. take down a civilization, particularly one that has advanced technology. And then Jack ducks as something kind of whooshes at him. Wow! And they all hear this whooshing and Teal turns slowly like there's like this shot of him slowly turning and then it's revealed that there is a big ass bug on Teal'c's back <laughs> everyone <Yes>. is horrified <laughs> as they should be Jack holds up his pistol and aims it at the bug he's gonna shoot it off apparently but before he can the so this bug looks like to me like a giant dragonfly so I don't know which would actually make it not a yeah, bug, but an insect, because I'm going gonna... to be anal biologist about it. But yeah, most people colloquially, they're referred to as bugs, even though they're technically You different. So can do what you want, but I am probably going to switch back and forth throughout this episode. <laughs> I likely will myself, <laughs> but I heard the people want more science. I've been told by the people that they want more science. So I'm going to give good, the people what good. they want. <laughs> I'm for that. So this yeah. thing takes its big stinger thing and sticks it in Teal'c's back. Was it in his back? Yeah. Yeah. Like right through his vest. Yeah. So that's a pretty powerful yeah. stinger. <sighs> and then it flies off. Teal'c uh, is immediately affected by this. And he kind of like 
falls into a pole that happens to be conveniently located there so he doesn't fall all the way down. And the team moves in to start to help him. And Jack's like, we need Novocaine. And then Daniel's like, uh, we better get out of here. Because he spots a, and points out a giant swarm of these insects. <laughs> so they grab up Teal'c and get the fuck out of there. Yes, that they do. And by get the fuck out of there, I mean they go back through the gate and they go, uh, yeah. they go home to Earth. Yeah. Back in the gate room, the team comes sprinting through the gate, shouting for the iris to be closed behind them, and we hear a bunch of splatting mm. against it. When Hammond is confused and asking them what is going on, Jack yells, Those, Those are bugs! bugs. <laughs> Big, <laughs> ugly bugs! <laughs> it was funny. A little while later in the infirmary, Tilk is getting checked out by Dr. Fraser. He's laying on his stomach with his face towards the camera, and she's a little bit more in the background behind him. He looks like he's in a lot of pain. He's told Fraser that the injury seems to be getting worse, and we get a gross, big, disgusting-looking welt with a pretty nasty puncture wound in the center that Fraser is poking at with a Q-tip. And as she does so, Tilk groans in pain. Fraser asks him isn't your hagfish helping tilt confirms that normally it would be but he is in fact getting worse here and the hagfish is not keeping up and then we go to credits woo woo indeed yay credits (laughs) after the credits the rest of sg1 and hammond are all waiting outside the infirmary and fraser comes out to talk to them she says that tilk seems to be suffering a viral infection, complete with fever and aches and chills. Sam asks the same thing that Fraser did. Isn't his gold helping him with that? But Fraser says no, and even worse than that, his blood sample had a bunch of foreign DNA in it that doesn't match Tilks. So, of course, everyone wants to know what that means, how that could be a thing, but Fraser says she's not really sure and that this might actually be out of her league. Sam, just <laughs> conveniently, because of course she has... Worked with, like, the preeminent geneticist in the world when she was at the Pentagon. So she recommends that they call him in, this guy named Dr. Harlow. Hammond says that the guy will be there before the end of the day. That's fast. That's very fast. And we see he's here. Ta-da! Working with Fraser already as soon as the next scene starts. Seam. Scene. And he's here <laughs> already <laughs> working with Fraser as the scene begins. Sam comes to greet them and she and he hug. So they seem to be friends, good friends. I don't know. I don't hug every acquaintance scientist I meet. I don't know. Yeah. Neither do I, and I meet a good number of them in my line of work. I don't know how many I meet. Some of them probably are, some of them probably, most of them probably aren't. Anyway, <laughs> he's, you know, excited to be here, but, you know, he's got bad news. And that is that the blood sample from Teal'c that Fraser took has gone from having just a tiny bit of insect DNA in it to being completely insect DNA with no Teal'c to be found. Yep. So he says that he thinks it's some sort of retrovirus. And I don't know anything about those. 
Oh, well, first of all, importantly, he does make the distinction that DNA does not alter DNA. And also worth mentioning along those lines, RNA does not alter DNA, nor does mRNA, nor do (laughs) mRNA vaccines. Just throwing that out there in case anyone's wondering. A retrovirus is something like uh, like HIV that actually has some extra proteins, the most important one being a reverse transcriptase. So they actually are able to use an RNA template to alter the host's DNA. But they have to have those extra proteins in order to be able to actually achieve that, which is why it can't be done just by giving somebody an mRNA vaccine because it doesn't have those extra proteins and stuff that would tell it to insert itself into the DNA. Uh, And also mRNA specifically has no reason to be going into the nucleus where the DNA is anyway. Okay. That's my story. Thank you for that. I appreciate it because I know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I just, and I just, you know, ride along with the science on this show, so. <laughs> As probably most normal sane people nah. do. <laughs> Sam's like, what's the bottom line? And this, Tim, Timothy? I'm going to call him Timmy. Yeah. I'm a monster. Timmy. I'm going to call him Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Hey, Timmy. He says the uh, venom from the insect is rewriting Teal'c's genetic materials very quickly. And that the gold that is supposed to be protecting Teal'c is really only sort of slowing things a little bit rather than reversing or fixing the problem. So Sam's like, what happens if the hagfish loses the battle? And he says he has no idea. See, this is one of my many issues that I had with this the science of this episode. And I will say right out front, it did not bother me as much as some other episodes <laughs> like Broken Divide, but it still bothered me that they were talking about... He did correctly mention that it, there would need to be a retrovirus present for something to be changing his DNA like that. But then he's talking about it being the venom that's changing the DNA. But venom and nucleic acids, ribonucleic acids, are two completely different things. Like venom is like a poison that is injected, whereas... One is not. It's genetic material. So it annoyed me that they were talking about the venom changing people's DNA after they had actually already correctly specified that it would need to be a retrovirus in order for anyone's DNA to be changed. And also it would have to be changed on such an enormous scale that... So so what you're saying is it's unlikely any of us are going to turn into insects or become a... Exactly. Yes, exactly. And like even if there's some alien planet where... Some organisms, viruses or, or some organisms, RNA or DNA or venom does work so completely different from anything that we have here on Earth, then it would be so completely different that it would be incompatible with something from another planet, like a humanoid from a different planet or humans on this planet. Okay. I guess they're thinking that maybe it evolved, co-evolved with people on that, humans on that planet. I don't know. I don't know. It could have, it could have slipped through from another planet through the Stargate. Who knows? Yeah. But then if it slipped through from another planet from the Stargate, then it shouldn't have been able to use humans as a host because they wouldn't have been genetically compatible to make a thing like this happen. Hmm. Because like the typically like when you have a retrovirus or something like that, it is looking for very specific genetic codes to... Uh, essentially focus on and and cut and specific places to insert its own genetic material and that it's so incredibly specific that I find it implausible that if it had evolved on one planet that it would have be able to match its DNA up with humans. I feel like you're ruining a lot of sci-fi right now Mary. 
I know. I am. I'm the worst. <laughs> it's okay. The it's absolute okay. worst. I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Back in the infirmary a little while later, Tilk is not looking so good. He's talking to Jack, saying he has felt great pain in his past, but he has never felt an illness like this. He does not like it. Jack, of course, tells him no one likes being sick. But Tilks admits that he is feeling something else, too, which Jack assumes is fear. And that assumption seems to be correct here. Tilks says he is understandably worried that this illness is going to turn him into something that he's not, since it seems to be rewriting his DNA. He tells Jack that Jack is his friend. And Tilks says that he would rather die than have things come to that. Yes. So Jack knocks on Hammond's door and enters his office. Jack doesn't notice immediately, even though he's standing (laughs) right there, that there is someone else in the room. So the camera slowly moves over, and that is when Jack spots that Colonel Mayborn is there. Everyone's favorite person. (laughs) Jack's not happy to see him. Hammond shows Jack some papers that Mayborn has brought that he says are in official order and that Hammond has no choice. And Jack's like, well, what about... And it trails off. But Hammond says his bestie Prezi is unavailable for help. (laughs) Mayborn explains that the SGC is a frontline operation and his operation is about research and development. So... Tilk's been very valuable to the SGC, but now it's his turn to be valuable to the R&D department. Specifically for biological yeah. warfare. Yeah, Mayborn's real great. He's a great guy. Yeah. Jack is uh, very unhappy and tells Mayborn, he saved your smarmy ass and everyone else on the planet. <laughs> Doesn't that count for anything in your world? And Mayborn's like, Yes. He gets to thank Tilk personally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I'm sure that's just what Tilk <laughs> yeah. wants and cares about. So Jack asks Hammond for permission to beat the crap out of Mayborn, and Mayborn genuinely <laughs> appears to be concerned that Hammond will let him do it. <laughs> yes, and Hammond doesn't yeah. respond to add to that concern. <laughs> Back in the lab. Sam comes busting in, talking to Timmy, calling him a son of a bitch, because apparently it would have had to have been Timmy that called in Mayborn. And Sam is understandably feeling extremely betrayed that he basically sold them all out to Mayborn. Timmy argues that the facility that they're going to take him to is much better equipped to help Tilk than the SGC is anyway. So even though he reported them to somebody that's essentially their enemy here, he really is trying to help Tilk by taking him someplace where he'll have more resources. Yeah. A little bit later, Tilk is dressed up in a biohazard suit. They put handcuffs on him as they prepare to take him out. Dr. Fraser insists that Tilk is too sick to move, but Mayborn says that fortunately he has a second opinion that disagrees with her opinion, looking at Timmy, who gives them a smile. Out in the hallway, the rest of SG-1 is super pissed, but Sam is still trying to be optimistic that her friend promised to give Tilk all the help he could, so hopefully he'll live up to that promise. Tilk is let out. Jack asks Hammond, what's with the chains? 
And Hammond just says, Mayborn. Uh, Mayborn. Mayborn. The truck containing Teal'c and Mayborn and the doctor and some soldiers. That's all the people in there. I don't know why I said it like that. But yeah. yes, that is <laughs> the truck transporting all of the people yeah. escorting Teal'c are, is out on the road making its way. Mayborn asks Timmy how long Tilk has, and Timmy says it depends on how strong the hag- hagfish is, and he also says he has some drugs to try. Mayborn's like, that's unnecessary, and Timmy's like, yes it is, but then he realizes Mayborn wants Tilk to change into whatever this virus is doing to him, not virus, venom. Mayborn wants him to change into whatever is happening to Teal'c. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what's happening, whether it's yeah. a virus or venom. Also, he specifically said that the drugs he has are anti-RNA drugs, okay. which, oh. no. Are those not a thing? <laughs> or they just don't, won't do uh, anything useful? What you would need here if it is actually acting the way that they think that it's acting would be antiretroviral therapy. Okay. Okay. Well... I doubt this man's credentials, then. Is he really the best in the world? Yeah. I don't think he is. I am unconvinced. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Tilk is sitting there sort of staring down at the floor. His hands are balled into fists, and he is shaking. And then he grabs at his helmet, and while he does, the chains on his wrists rip apart. And then he rips the helmet off his head, and he is screaming. <laughs> Then we are in the front with the driver who is hearing the screams and some banging. <laughs> Looking a bit disturbed. And then Teal'c's arm punches through the tiny window and grabs onto the driver's head. <laughs> Back in the meeting room, Sam thinks that despite what happened to Teal'c, there could be some worthwhile tech on the planet. So she's trying to argue that they should go out and check it out again anyway. Just maybe be a little bit more careful this time. Jack reminds her that there are big, huge, ugly honking bugs on that planet. So he is definitely not for doing that. Hammond comes in and says that they received an emergency communication from the driver. And that's that scene. Then after that, they take us out to the van, which has run off the road. All the humans are unconscious. And Tilk is standing there looking really pale, but also angry and trembly. He reaches into his pouch and pulls out his hagfish, and it's very gross. And he leaves it behind with his biohazard suit, which he's also taken off at this point. And he runs for it through the woods. Just after he leaves, a jeep pulls up with SG-1 in it, or at least SG-1, SG-3 quarters in it. Sam says that the driver's unconscious as they're checking everybody out. And Daniel finds the hagfish. That's weird. Indeed. Back at the SGC, Dr. Frazier is checking out the crash victims? The Teal'c victims. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yes. Mayborn is uh, telling them that he wants all available personnel and a canine unit available at his disposal five minutes ago. Jack's like, too bad. They're all my people. They report to me. And he's going to be the one running the search. 
And Mayborn's like, but it's my responsibility. And Jack's like, I am holding you responsible. But those are his troops. So you can take it up with Hammond. So Mayborn stands up and is like, I'll do just that. And he and Jack are right in each other's faces. <laughs> Except that Mayborn's apparently several yeah. inches shorter. <laughs> so I don't think he was coming across quite as threateningly no. as he had hoped. Ma- because yeah. he... Could not actually get no. face to face. <laughs> Mayborn whispers this to Jack, striking an officer will lead to a court martial. So Jack's like, I'm not going <laughs> to hit you. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> so Mayborn then leaves. And Jack wants to know, he asks the rest of the folks in the room what has happened. And Timmy says that Tilk went crazy and he was so strong. Daniel asks about the hagfish, and Timmy says that Tilk must have done that to himself, and Daniel's like, why? Jack told them that Tilk would rather die than change into something else, and Daniel's like, but there are less painful ways to kill yourself. Timmy thinks that Tilk isn't going to die due to his lack of hagfish because the losing the hagfish is going to speed up the metamorphosis whatever's happening to Teal'c and he thinks that maybe he took the hagfish out because he's been affected by what's happening to him and it's altered his mind. Sounds about right. Back in the lab they have a hagfish tank now which is gross but it's only got one instead of a giant (laughs) pile of them sitting on the bottom so it wasn't too traumatic for me. (laughs) Dr. Fraser says that it's stable but she doesn't know much about their physiology Sam is feeling really frustrated because she thinks that it's possible that she has some knowledge from Jolinar, but she just can't remember it as much as she's tried to rack her brain for any any residual memories. Dr. Fraser says, well, we have samples of the fluid from Tilk's pouch, to which I thought gross. <laughs> so they're going to keep trying to simulate the normal hagfish environment as best they can to keep the thing alive until they get Tilk back. After that, we're out in the woods, and there's some very happy working puppies doing their jobs and barking and being cute, presumably looking for Teal'c. Back at the base, Jack and Hammond are looking at a map and talking about where Teal'c might possibly be when Daniel comes and runs in and says, they found him. So they run downstairs, and it turns out that they don't have him so much as he's just on the radio, so they don't actually know where he is because Teal'c won't tell them. He says that he couldn't let Mayborn take him, but as I said, he's not going to let them know where he is. Tilk sounds mostly normal, like his voice sounds mostly normal, but when we actually get to see a view of him, he's looking really glazed over and kind of staring blankly off in the distance. Jack tells Tilk that he's changing and that he doesn't want this to happen. Remember, you said you'd rather die when we were talking earlier, but Tilk doesn't respond to that because his radio is now on the floor and Tilk has already run off somewhere. Oh, Teal'c. Oh, Teal'c, indeed. Back in the lab, Timmy is telling Sam that he thinks they can still save Teal'c if they can get him back. He says his experimental RNA inhibitors combined with the healing abilities of the hagfish might help. And Fraser's like, you didn't say anything about this before? And... Sam then realizes also that Mayborn wanted Teal'c to change form, and she says, you were going to let him. Timmy says he wasn't, and he's offering his help. So Sam tells him to do what he needs to do. He needs to work out which drugs 
to give to Teal'c, and in order to do that, they need venom from the insect that stabbed Teal'c. So, yeah. Yep. Sam goes to see Hammond to relay what Timmy has just told her. And he's like, how do you know you can trust him? And she's like, well, you really don't have too much of a choice. Hammond says Jack and Daniel can't find Teal'c. And that Mayborn is flying in his own personnel and Bestie Prezi is still unavailable. So then Sam shares that perhaps they'll be able to help Teal'c when they find him. If they go back to the planet... BP-6-3-Q-1, which is the name of the planet, or what they are <laughs> calling the planet. Yeah. I did not write that I one like down. I like to write them down. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. So they need to catch an insect, preferably alive. Jack volunteers, and so does Sam and Daniel. Right? Yeah? No. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> and Hammond promises they're going to find Teal'c while the team is gone. Speaking of Tilk, out in some random city street, he's stumbling down the street, not wearing a hat. So I was disappointed that he was out in a city around the rest of society and we didn't even get to add to the Teal Cat Watch in this episode. Come on. Right? There are some youths hanging out on the corner that decide to hassle him. Stereotypical corner youths listening to music and playing and hassling passersby one goes up and comments on Tilk's tattoo on his forehead Tilk asks the kid to remove himself from Tilk's path and the kid makes fun of how Tilk talks and says he'll remove himself when Tilk tells him how to get a tattoo like that so Tilk tells him that the procedure involves skin being cut with a very sharp knife and then having molten gold poured into it the kid looks pretty disgusted and asks, doesn't that hurt? And Tilk, who suddenly becomes enraged, picks the kid up by a neck, by the neck, moves him aside, as he says, tremendously. <laughs> and Tilk continues on. Some younger kid holding a super soaker suddenly runs up and says, that guy is cool. <laughs> it's a weird yeah. scene. <laughs> Back in the SGC, SG three quarters is... <laughs> Stepping through the gate back to the planet to retrieve their insect. Meanwhile, Teal'c continues to wander the streets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very short um, scenes in this episode. Hammond and Fraser do a little catch-up. Hammond hasn't heard anything on the search. Fraser says the gold is not doing well. And Hammond's like, oh, can't believe I'm praying for one of these things to live. Frazier wants to know how long the team has gone, been gone, and Hammond says it's he's about ready to send through SG-3 after them, which it doesn't really seem like that much time has passed. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that, but, too. I was wondering how long know. of a window they decided to give yeah, SG-1. It didn't seem like it was that long. That's the end of that. <laughs> yeah. Back in the city. Tilk makes his way to an abandoned building and goes inside, stumbles around a bit and falls against a wall and then grabs his neck, falls to the floor. He rolls up his sleeve and we see that it's covered in big red welts. Back in the control room, an incoming wormhole is happening and a random person says that it is SG-1. 
So down in the gate room, SG three quarters runs in closely followed by an insect. They close the iris before any more can get in. Jack manages to shoot the thing without actually killing it. So he kind of stuns it and I guess he like pierced a wing or something so it couldn't fly. I don't really know. But in any case, Sam then goes and sprays it with like some giant (laughs) can of raid for many, many seconds. Yeah. Until Jack tells him that's enough. (laughs) Timmy is examining the bug and everyone else is just standing around them. Hammond still says they've still had no luck on the search, but now Mayborn has put out an APB on Teal'c. And Jack's like, we gotta find him first. And then Sam's like, you should see this, sir. And then she plays a video they shot on the planet. While they were there, they went into one of the buildings because uh, I think they'd heard a noise or something. And mm-hmm. the video is showing a human-ish form-looking... I don't know, ball of webbing. I don't know how to (laughs) describe it. Yeah, it's like when you see those movies where people are wrapped in like giant spider webs, like like Harry Potter or something like that. So they think the final stage of the metamorphosis requires a dark place, which, okay. Maybe that's why nobody was outside, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I guess. So they think that these humans were wiped out all of them were wiped out by the bugs and Sam's like all this tech and they couldn't stop a simple insect (laughs) seemed a little bit judgy surprisingly judgy for her like yeah real simple (laughs) right exactly especially because as Jack just pointed out it's not a simple insect then on the video we see that a bunch of insects hatch out of the body on the planet. Gross. And they're like, all those from one body? And Timmy is like, of course, equal matter conversion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sam says they... This is how they reproduce. The insect converts the body to its own material. I... (laughs) Essentially. But a human or Jaffa is, yeah, of much greater mass, so they get many more bugs for the price of one person. <laughs> and Teal's gonna become yes. those those gross, gross insects. Yeah. Ew. Ew, indeed. I don't typically mind insects, but I don't really like giant insects, and especially not these, because they're pretty gross. I don't like anything bursting out of your body. That's Also, I don't, yeah, I don't like when many things burst out of something else, because that's just gross. You'd think I'd have more tolerance for it than I do, but I don't, and it's disgusting. (laughs) So back in the abandoned building, Chilk is looking at his hand, which is covered in stringy goo that looks exactly like hagfish slime, except not quite as copious. The kid from before comes bursting in with a super soaker, saying, nobody move, because apparently they like to just play in this abandoned building. Both Teal'c and the kid seem rather surprised to see each other, although Teal'c is pretty out of it, so he doesn't really say anything as he looks at the kid. I don't think we ever actually get a name for this person. Oh, we do. Her name is Allie. She says it somewhere, but I can't remember where. Okay. So Allie apologizes for barging in on Teal'c. 
Tilk asks what kind of weapon that is that she has, and she says that it's a water gun, and then she shoots him in the face, which is always nice to do to somebody oh, yeah. that you don't know, especially when they're clearly <laughs> sick. Tilk asks the kid to leave, but she's not really too keen on doing that. She says, you're not from around here, are you? And then she kindly tells him that he looks like he needs a few more days in rehab. Tilk tells her that nobody can know that he's there. And the kid's like, are you sure? Because you look worse than my dad did after he got shot and he died. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Tilk again insists the kid leave. But as the kid gets up to go, Tilk notices the kid has a candy bar in her pocket. And so he says that he needs nourishment and asks for the candy. She is not too thrilled about it, but says they can share. It's a huge yeah. candy bar, though. <laughs> like, that kid, no kid should be eating a candy bar that huge. That is just mm, unhealthy. judgy so, now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did spend over 10 years trying to help people figure out how to eat better, but it's not so much that I'm being judgy as just <laughs> stating facts. <laughs> that is not a candy bar intended to be eaten in one sitting. So together they eat the candy bar and look at each other, and it's a thrilling scene of people yes. eating. Kid says it's got peanuts and caramel. So Tilk asks if she can get more, and, and Allie wants to know, well, what's in it for me? So Tilk says peanuts and caramel. <laughs> but that's, of course, not what she meant. She wanted to know what Tilk might give her in exchange for that, and he says that he doesn't have anything. Meanwhile, he's speaking in his Tilk way with, like, no contractions, and she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> So in the end, she says, why don't we just agree that you'll owe me one? And she leaves with the intention of going off in search of more chocolate. As she goes, Tilk insists yet again that nobody can know he's there. And she, I, I just thought their, I think that I thought their interactions were so funny because she's. It was a pretty funny like, exchange. Yeah, no sweat. I agree. And he's like, I cannot prevent it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so silly. I love it. It was it was a silly scene. I agree. Timmy is still trying to extract the venom from the bug slash insect. <laughs> For some reason, instead of having any lab technician or support staff around that they might employ to help with such things, he presses Daniel into service to help him hold back some flap or something. And Daniel's like, me? Right. Yeah. You know, archaeologist slash anthropologist. Why not also yeah. biology lab assistant? It's so weird because it was a couple episodes ago in um, Message in a Bottle, they had people helping them. Like, they can have other yeah. people help. <laughs> they Right. They do have lab technicians. But no. Instead, Daniel's holding no. back the flap. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> sure does. Timmy manages to extract the venom, and they have a look at it. Sam comes in to let them know she's worked out the worst-case scenario of Tilk explodes into insects. And that is that everyone can turn into, like, ten bugs apiece, and they don't know the incubation period exactly, but they think... She thinks... Swarms of millions of these insects will be on Earth within six to eight weeks if that happens. That's a lot of damage. That's not great. No. Nope. 
That's pretty much yeah. the opposite of great. That's yes. rather horrific, in fact. <laughs> I hate it. Ray of sunshine, Sam. <laughs> back at the abandoned building, the kid has apparently made it back and is eating another candy bar while looking out at the cops who are talking to more youths. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same kids from before, but I don't think it was. It looked like they were dressed differently. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She goes away from the window and sits down to Tilk and hands him another candy bar and asks if he's a Kimball. <laughs> which <laughs> Tilk says, what is a Kimball? <laughs> she explains the whole premise of the fugitive and that the doctor's name was Dr. Richard Kimball. And so she wants to know if he is one of them, if he's a fugitive. I didn't kill my wife! I don't care! She says that the cops seem to be out looking for him, but I'm not really sure how she knew that based on watching that conversation because the cop and the other people they were talking to weren't that close. So I wouldn't think she could hear them. From Maybe there. she heard something while she was acquiring candy bars. <laughs> candy bar. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they stopped her while they were, while she was getting candy. Good point. Tilk reiterates that those people must not find her. And Allie wants to know what he did. Tilk says he didn't do anything. So Allie says, innocent until proven guilty. She very loudly licks her fingers to clean the chocolate off. As Tilk says that she has to leave because he's dangerous, but she doesn't believe him. She says that she inherited the sense from her father, who used to be a cop. And supposedly that means that they could tell a bad person just by smelling them. Yeah. Because that's a thing. Tilk asks her what her purpose is there, and she says she's got nothing better to do. I don't have it written down verbatim, but again, it's kind of a silly exchange with Tilk talking like Tilk does and the kid just thinking he's weird for the way he talks. Essentially, the the summary of the conversation is he wants to know why she's either not at school or isn't with her mom, and apparently it's summer and her mom is working. Allie then tells Tilk that he's kind of a sitting duck where he is. <laughs> Tilk wants to know I'm ducks are bad. <laughs> Uh, the sitting kind are. So she offers to show him a better hiding place if he is able to get up and walk to it. <laughs> In the SGC, Hammond is on the red phone. He's finally Yay. reached his bestie, Prezi. I don't know why I've decided to call him that, but here we go. <laughs> so he gets off the phone and tells Jack that the president has rescinded all of Mayborn's orders. And that means the SGC will get Tilk if they can find him. So they're continuing the search. Yeah. Woo! So I was confused here because Hammond also specifies that Mayborn still has jurisdiction to continue his search. So apparently if the local authorities find Tilk, then the SGC gets him back. But if Mayborn finds Tilk, then he gets to keep I guess so. Tilk. That made no sense to me because if the president rescinded all of Mayborn's orders, I would think that that would mean that also he should have not been able to continue the search or that if he could continue the search that he would have to turn Tilk back over to the SGC if they found them. So I don't know why it continues to be a a race to find Tilk, as Jack calls it's it. It's weird. But here we are. It is weird. Yeah. Allie helps Tilk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. She thinks he should see a doctor. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> But he's like, no, I'm, I need to rest. And then she urges him just a little bit further up the stairs. And she gets him up that little flight of stairs. 
Meanwhile, a white van drives up to the abandoned building and men dressed in all black with gas masks on and holding weapons pop out of the van. A second van follows and along with more men, Mayborn pops out of there. They burst into the abandoned building. While Allie leads Tilk further up, they climb a little ladder as the gunmen start to go upstairs. Back in the lab, Timmy says he thinks they've found the correct medication. There's been one particular drug of the ones that he had that was able to slow the transformation in their sample. I really wanted to know what their sample was (laughs) that they were using, but we don't get to find that out. So he says that the drug wouldn't cure a normal human, but that in combination with Tilk's symbiote doing some of the healing work for Tilk, then he might actually have a chance. But Dr. Fraser says, don't count on that because the thing is dying. And they show it floating vertically in its tank head up, which generally isn't a good sign for sea life or hagfish or whatever global thing. Presumably they don't float head up. Anyway, so Timmy asks, what can we do? Back of the building, there's more covert people sneaking around and then there's more sneaking and they see the super soaker just sitting there out in the hall and continue their search. From there, they pan up to the ceiling and there's a hole through which Tilk is watching them as they sneak. Out in some random empty hall, Ali is sneaking around. I don't know if she's trying to create a diversion or if she's trying to get out of the building or, or what, but in either case, some of the military people come up behind her and she doesn't seem too pleased to have been found. No. <laughs> They take Allie out of the building, and one of them tells Mayborn, this is all we found, meaning her. (laughs) It's just kind of a weird way to put that. Um, Yep. Mayborn addresses Allie, tells her, I work for the USA, your government, the good guys. And she's like, yeah, right. (gasps) Also a weird way to put that. it was very weird. (laughs) Clearly, Mayborn has lots of experience talking to children. (laughs) Yes. So he says they're looking for someone that has been spotted around the building and maybe you could help us. And she's like, I ain't seen nobody. Even if I did, I wouldn't tell you because I don't like the way you smell. (laughs) Mayborn is now officially a confirmed bad guy. (laughs) Back in the lab, Jack comes in and Dr. Frazier says they have maybe minutes before the hagfish dies. Jack asks Sam again to search her memory, but Sam clearly feels bad and says that she's tried the best she could, but she's still got nothing. Jack says, too bad you can't zap it with those paddles like on ER. (laughs) And then, of course, Dr. Frazier and Sam exchange a very significant look, and Sam says it couldn't be that simple. Dr. Frazier says that defibrillation would kill it. But Sam continues on, though, that they've replicated everything else except for the very small electrical charge that flows through all living bodies. So they agree that they're going to, what they're going to do is try to find a small enough power source and maybe that will fix the issue. And Jack stands there looking confused. Back at the abandoned building, Mayborn and company have gone and Allie is back inside and climbing up the ladder to see Tilk. She reports that they've gone and Tilk is now looking a little bit more like the bodies on the planet. He's starting to get covered with that webbing stuff. Does that just grow out of him? 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was gross and I didn't like it. Allie is horrified to see what's happening to him. With good reason. <laughs> yes. And says, if you, there's serious alien stuff going on here. Ha. Huh? And if you, if he doesn't tell her what to do, she's going to go get the cops. Uh, she does know, she does have some people her dad trusted. But then Tilt grabs her hand and says, no. Allie tells him, you don't want this to happen to you. In the lab, they have, I wasn't really sure what that was. I guess a battery pack or something sure. with a wire going up to the yeah. tank. So apparently they put a little bit of extra electrical current into the fluid. Dr. Frazier says the hagfish seems to be getting better. <laughs> Jack says, well, my work here is done. <laughs> Phone rings and Dr. Frazier answers it. Apparently it's for Jack. And it is Allie on the other line. She says, about time I had to talk to like 50 people to get to you. So this is continuing to be a very secure facility here at the SGC. If some random young child just needs to talk to enough people to get through to somebody in the SGC. She asks if Jack knows a big guy named Tilk. And at this point, we're just watching her rather than seeing what's actually happening in the SGC. So we would assume that he says yes. And then she says, well, then hurry. Hurry, they do. They do. How close do you think this city is? Like, they make Cheyenne Mountain look like it's kind of well, out in the middle it, of nowhere. But... I think it's closest to Colorado Springs, right? Yeah. So I would assume yeah. that's where it's supposed to be. Like, probably, like, but like, how long did it take Jack to get there? How far did Tilk have to that's walk true. to get there since the van crashed in the woods know. somewhere? However long it was, doesn't seem very long because in the very next scene, Jack and Daniel are in the abandoned building coming upon Tilk up the ladder. Yep. Looking pretty great. Yeah, he's looking really bad. Daniel says he's going to go get help and goes immediately back down. And Tilk asks O'Neill to kill him. And Jack's like, no. <laughs> Tilk's like, this can't be stopped. And Jack's like, you don't look great, but you actually are going to make it. So then he moves some webs off of Tilk. Yep. <laughs> Outside the building, we get a shot of Tilk being wheeled out on a gurney. He's no longer wrapped up, but his face is all covered in sores and he's looking really pale. Allie's talking to Daniel and asks why she can't go with them. And Daniel's basically like, well, you just can't. But there's some people over there that are going to go take care of you. Allie says she hoped that Tilk is going to be okay. And Daniel says he hopes that he will too. And she asks Daniel to tell him that he still owes me one. <laughs> I am the bane of your existence. <laughs> with a question mark. I just noticed your name. That's fantastic. I've run out of fun names, so now I'm like, well. I like it. It's good times. Appropriate for the episode. <laughs> Tilk is back at the SGC. They're wheeling him out of surgery or procedure or whatever they've done to him. Fraser says the his pouch had started to close up. Yeah. Which, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Have we talked? I don't like. We it. talked about pouchy stuff before. Like, I'm trying to remember. Ryak, was he born with yeah. a pouch? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. So what? Why is it closing? I don't understand. I I think it's probably part of the genetic, the supposed change to his DNA that's happening. I would oh, guess. I guess that makes sense. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. the whole other thing that's happening to him. In any case, it's, it's gross. gross. <laughs> but Fraser was able to reopen it and put. Yeah. 
the hagfish back inside. Ugh. I hate everything about that conversation. <laughs> they've administered the drug, and Timmy says they've stopped the metamorphosis. And Daniel's like, well, it can't be easy that the thing you hate so much saved your life. And Jack's like, even I'm happy he's got a snake. Hammond reports Mayborn is going to take the in-search... <laughs> I just I just <laughs> combined insect and research into one word. The yeah. insert. It's going to be all the rage. Yep. Unintentional yeah. portmanteaus are the best <laughs> kind of portmanteaus. Hammond reports Mayborn is going to take the insect and the research and transfer it to Area 51. And Jack mutters, I should have shot him. And Timmy says he regrets that this will not happen because... As soon as Teal'c is recovered, an unfortunate lab accident will befall the insect, and Timmy will take responsibility. And they all kind of, like, smile and nod at this, but I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> at this point, why? Do they think Mayborn's going to reinfect Teal'c, or is he going to experiment on humans? Which I feel like even he probably can't just do that. Like, he was capitalizing on this thing that happened to Teal'c, but... Don't they True. want but to we know already... more things? Isn't that the whole point? We know that they had a sample of some sort that they were testing on. So, like, was that sample a rat or a primate? Who knows? Like, a, a, Or a non-human primate of some sort that they were testing on? Like, were they testing on just tissue samples or whole animals? So, can it infect things that aren't human? Maybe he did want to test it on animals before then developing his bioweapon out of it. Maybe, I don't know. but also that's literally the whole point of what they're doing is that they're supposed to be trying to gain advantages and it just didn't it was seemed weird to me like is this just like a i feel like this is just like a screw you mayborn kind of reaction basically yeah (laughs) basically back at the abandoned building the kid is running around and playing again with her super soaker she bursts into one room and comes upon tilk and daniel standing there tilk is looking much better than when we last saw him, and Allie is very excited to see Teal'c. He thanks her. Still no hat on Teal'c. Oh, yeah, still no hat. It's disappointing. Yeah. Allie says, I don't suppose you can tell me what actually happened, and Teal'c says, well, no, but to show you my gratitude, I have brought you a weapon with advanced range and firepower. And so he hands her this much larger water gun, and she shoots Teal'c with it and runs away. Daniel says, I guess we shouldn't have looted it. Teal'c slowly looks over to Daniel and looks at him very seriously as he puts on some sunglasses and then shoots Daniel with the kid's old water gun that she left behind and says, how else would she defend herself? (laughs) And then we get a rare shot of Teal'c smiling as he runs off after the kid. I actually think it wasn't her gun. I think it was even bigger than the one he gave her. And I think he had it with him. And why didn't Daniel notice that? Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. That makes it even better. <laughs> Do you think he's going to make a regular play date out of this with the girl? That would be a little weird. A little bit, but kind of silly at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like a big brother's big sister kind of yeah. arrangement, though. I guess that would be less weird, yeah. actually. <laughs> I'm guessing probably not unless they uh, really want to up their hat budget. Fair. <laughs> even though he's not wearing a hat here, he... Hopefully at least wore one on the I way. I would hope so. But yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that. What is that? 
Indeed. Did you like the episode? I did. I thought the interactions with Allie and Teal'c were really fun and funny. And despite the grossness of the bug, I thought the dramatic, you know, sort of tension of trying to save Teal'c was really, I thought it was pretty well done. I also like the way this episode was shot. Like some of the, Mm -hmm. some of the scenes were really, I, I sort of like when they like pan the camera over to reveal something that wasn't there before and like Mayborn and the bug. Funny that they yeah. did that with both of those things. The bad things in the episode. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, there were some scenes, too, where you sort of view for for a moment, for a few moments, like, the lab through the lens of the hagfish tank and things like that. And I just thought it was really mm-hmm. nice looking, and I liked the way it was yeah. done. So, overall, I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot... I thought much of it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed Jack hating on Mayborn too. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair. I had mixed feelings about it. I did not hate it as much as I hated Broken Divide. Because even though their science was like really bad and wrong, they didn't make, they didn't really make like the kind of blatantly obviously wrong statements that they were making in Broken Divide. Like, they were just kind of really ambiguous here about what was happening in ways that my nerdy brain wanted them to be more specific so that I could follow what what their line of logic was as to, like, how Venom could change something's DNA. Because, as I said, Venom is not a virus, but they were kind of talking about the Venom like it was a retrovirus. So I kind of just wanted more detail on that, um, but I'm for sure not convinced that they had any idea how they, what they were talking about so that they could provide more detail. But even though it annoyed me, as I said, it didn't annoy me as much as when in past episodes they've said things about like primitive parts of the brain being woken up or parasitical viruses infecting people. I thought a lot of it was gross, so I, <laughs> I didn't like those parts either. Because you would think I would have more of a tolerance for gross biology than I do. But I don't like people wrapped in cocoons. I don't like large numbers of insects bursting out of any kind of cocoon. I thought all that was icky. Um, but there, I mean, there was there was some stuff that I liked about it. As you said, I actually liked the interactions between Tilk and the kid, too, because they were pretty funny. And I thought it was interesting to see Tilk in actual peril, like, with his health, because the only time that we've really seen him in danger was in Thor's hammer. And even then, he wasn't really in imminent danger. He just he couldn't really get out, but they, like, could have brought him food, and they could have kept him in there safe for a while. But this is the first time that we've really seen him in danger because, like, he's gotten sick with something. We've seen everybody else get sick with stuff, but we've never seen him get sick as a result of any of their visits. So it was an interesting change to see him in, in this different more vulnerable role than he tends to play so a lot of stuff i didn't like a lot of stuff i did overall i think i would say i thought the episode was mediocre all right you're wrong but that's okay (laughs) 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 you suck that's true i'm the worst what are we watching next? Hopefully, I didn't like the last two. I thought this one was mediocre. So we're gradually improving. Maybe the next one will be really great. I feel like we're in for a treat. Ooh, so I can't tell if you're being no, sarcastic. No, I am. Sorry. I mean, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> oh. even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, like, oh. I don't know what I'm saying. Do you I ever. <laughs> I think we are in for a treat.
okay. in a non-sarcastic way. Yay. Because the next episode that we are watching is Stargate SG-1 Season 2 Episode 11, The Tok'ra Part 1. Oh, yeah. And our, I'm going to read from the Netflix description this time. And that says, Carter dreams that she sees the Tok'ra, or Rebel Gold, through the eyes of Jolinar and must go on a mission with the SG-1 team to find the Tok'ra. Which doesn't sound great, but let me just tell you for comparison. <laughs> See, I'm like, I'm going to read this one, then I'm just going to read you both of them anyway, because that's how I do. The other one was annoying, because... I don't know. I thought it was dumb. So the booklet says, Captain Carter unwillingly becomes the host of a dying Tok'ra, a member of the Resistance whose noble goal is to overthrow the evil gold empire. Now she... That's not accurate. No, that, that happened, happened already. Ago. Well, here we get to the actual episode, which is one sentence that says, Now she sees through the Tok'ra's eyes, but can her visions help the SG-1 team save the Tok'ra? So they're both pretty lame descriptions i think yeah but the exciting part is we get to see more fallout from what happened to sam and yes. yeah it's gonna be good it continues to circle back to things that have happened earlier and as i recall i do like these next couple better than yeah. the last two that we've seen so yay yes <laughs> yay <Whoa! laughs> as always thank you for listening Make sure that you hit subscribe on your favorite podcatcher of choice if you haven't already so that you can get our episodes as soon as they're released every Monday, at least for the time being, the foreseeable future. You can also find us on YouTube. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated to help others find the podcast and word of mouth is also greatly appreciated as well since that helps other people find the show. If you need to get in touch with us for any reason, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're stargatesing at both of those. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. If you're feeling generous, you can become one of our supporters at patreon.com slash stargatesing. And you can also check out our website at stargatesing.space. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. <laughs> and you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. Totally inserting something about Bane Cat. <laughs> I don't think I know Bane Cat. What? No. Oh, I was just thinking the villain that. from was it Batman? I don't know. Well, yes, oh. it is the villain from Batman, but Bane 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 Cat is amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will send you the video. Yay! This is crazy. <laughs> I peed in it. <laughs>